louder. Welcome back, wrestling fans, to Next Evolution, the rise and demise of the black and gold brand. I am your host, Eddie Shepard, along with Travis Lasseter. Travis Lasseter. Guys, what did you think of the last show, Travis, we watched? Um, went by very quickly, which a lot of these NXT episodes do. Um, match is like, kind of like a whole thing of Wrestling Ruin. We used to say, it's a, was quantity over quality better, or is it quality over quantity? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, short matches. One really boring match, Jinder Mahal looking at you, buddy. Also, Louis Kruger. Yeah, that's why you need to put him as a tag team. Because it would make more sense. Because then you'd only have to sit through one match, not two. Then to kill the ratings. <laughs> also, they could be inter- the tag team of the internationals. Because technically, they're billed from overseas. Ooh. Ooh. You're welcome. You're welcome, NXT, from back 10 years ago. Fuck it, 10 years ago. <laughs> You're welcome, Triple H. <laughs> Uh, this weekly format of recording shows for us is a little different because with Rants from the Black Lodge, we release an episode every other week. This podcast is a little different. We're recording every week, releasing an episode every week. And we're pretty dead on point with where uh, they were actually in with their schedule of NXT for 10 years ago. So it's kind of like we're doing a 10-year throwback every week yeah we're very uh, close it is pretty cool how, how close the, the dates are wrestling ruin we're doing 17 year flashbacks which are pretty close on wrestling ruin too to being 17 years out except we do some wcw stuff on there so it kind of throws our weekly rolls yeah. off but it all works out in the end comes yeah. out in the wash as they say yeah we're fast approaching um king of the ring 95 now so i'm really excited for that king mabel can't wait for brandon to have to sit through that one. Oh, brandon's gonna have fun with that uh your wedding man it is fast approaching I know, uh, about three weeks out from coming up here. Uh, it's going to be getting on up there pretty quick. Got to finish my house. So I have a place to fucking live. Can we talk really quick about how uh, your wedding is like smack dab in the middle of all the cool shit going oh, on this summer? Yeah, yeah. Fuck WWE for the first time having SummerSlam outside of August. They freaking have it July t- July 30th, which is my wedding day. Uh, the day after my birthday, which is July 29th. Which, which is was, StarCast. Which is StarCast and Flair's last match. And Undertaker's doing his, his like, Brad one-man Hart's, show. Bret Hart's doing a one-man show about SummerSlam 92. Daniel Bryan's there. Brian Danielson. Paige is her first appearance outside of WWE. And blah, 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 blah. Fuck you. Uh, what, uh, Steve-O is in Knoxville as well. Yeah. It's just like... There's a couple of concerts coming to town around that time, too. Trust me, I, I've heard it from everybody. Like, we planned this out, like, six, seven, eight months ago, and now they've all decided to converge on the weekend. I've got to fly out of town and everything else. Every every single time we see another one, we're like, thanks a lot, Travis. Tell Lindsay, go fuck herself. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been like, it's like Ric Flair's last match. Who would have thought that was going to happen eight months ago? No one. Yeah, Lindsay, you should have done some research. Yeah, fuck you, Conrad. Tell me I can watch it on Fight TV. <laughs> I am having fun with this. This has been fun watching these episodes and kind of getting a roll and kind of go back, you know, it's 10 years and just seeing where some of these guys are now and their paths of what have, what has happened. Just in the last two episodes alone, there's, you know, so much history and wrestling having to do with these first two episodes. Just, and just how much these characters will change and... Now, some of these people aren't even in the wrestling business anymore. Some of them flamed out fairly early, like Jiro. I need They're a Jiro. Freaking Kota, Kota Ibushi lookalike almost. But, I mean, and just seeing some of the gear from 10 years ago that people thought was cool. 
Let's get weird. Hashtag let's get weird. Hashtag let's get weird. I'm, a, I'm okay Hashtag with that. Richie Steamboat is Adam Cole. Adam, yeah, <laughs> I still stand by it. Richie, Richie Steamboat looks like Adam Cole, and it freaks, it still freaks me out. I hope uh, you guys enjoyed that side by side picture yes, that, of Adam yeah. Cole and Richie yeah, Steamboat. Definitely follow. I might definitely have that posted on our socials at Next Evolution Pod. Uh, we're going to get more debuts this week, but before we get to this episode, let's kick to our ads. Oh, hello. Do you know about Project Louder? Well, let me tell you. Project Louder is home to 16 of the finest podcasts a nerd could possibly procure. They have a show for everyone. Whether you're into horror films, modeling comics, 90s kid shows, or that weird tentacle-filled subgenre you search for at 3 in the morning. So head on over to projectlouder.net and treat yourself to something truly exquisite. We believe the mat is sacred. Honor is real. And everything is discussed under pure rules. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Pierce Podcast. We review all things wrestling and don't pull any punches. We do an episode every Sunday where we go back and watch a pre-2020s pay-per-view and then talk about it in the segment we call the Retro Review. I also do an episode every Friday morning in our WIN series, which just stands for Weekend News. It gives me an opportunity to freely shoot on 10 news topics from the past week. I also do pay-per-view predictions and reactions to large breaking news stories like Tony Khan being the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Check out our Twitter page at the WP underscore pod. That's T-H-E-W-P underscore P-O-D for all updates. Our pinned tweet has other links as well, like our merch store and how to support our show directly. Remember, whether you agree with us or not, we're right, because we are the Wrestling Purists. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. And we're back, guys. Hell yeah. Yeah, shout out to our ads. Some really good people there. Uh, before we kind of get rolling, too, shout out to Project Louder and TJ Bowser, um, allowing us to be on the, with the Project Louder family, continuing on with Wrestling Ruined and ourselves. Um, I like to think that we're a staple of the Project Louder family bringing in wrestling. So uh, I'm really excited to get to when, where we're going to be at, you know, subscriber wise here shortly. We're, we're either a uh, staple or a smear. We don't really know. A pap smear. I'm probably a smear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So go ahead and get Peacock pulled up. Uh, and out. And out, yes. Uh, get Pullcock. Pull <laughs> God damn it. Uh, pull your Peacock out. Uh, pull, uh, God damn it. I can't say you said it. Throws me off. Get your, get your Peacock revved up. <laughs> Whatever your uh, 
uh, media device of choice is be PlayStation uh, odds, Five. Or odds whatever. are it's gonna be a Roku because everyone has Roku TVs. I remember when I first got Roku, it was kind of a big thing. You had huh? had the stick. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we did. It was yeah. kind of weird. So you whip out your peacock and you whip out your <laughs> Roku stick and you put plug them in together. together. This is gonna be NXT season six episode three. Go ahead and get it pulled up, guys. We're gonna say three, two, one, play, and we're gonna do this little watch along. So three, two, one, play. play. Also, no uh, signature opening this week, by the way, from WWE. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's weird. No. But here we go, the cool entrance video, which... Fucking code which, Cambria, man, every time. Big a e. lot of these shots are just from the, uh, the what they were going to do for the NXT show uh, that we keep talking about, where they were going to have the guys on there that, like another competition it, it show. It is kind of ironic that they, they do have... Uh, Mike Dalton, a.k.a. Tyler Breeze, in the opening. And C.J. Parker. Yeah, and they're just and Rick Victor, and they're all jobber guys, so it's kind of funny. And it's also, too, that they have Summer Ray and they have the other uh, African-American announcer girl that I don't ever remember wrestling. Yeah, I don't remember her either. They're, and they're in their wrestling gear. Hey, this a- episode, guys, is going to be from the 4th of July. Uh, not technically on this, but this is when it was released, of 2012. We have JR and Byron Saxon on commentary. It's weird hearing the women called divas because they say this is a divas match. It's also weird seeing Paige not get an entrance because she becomes an integral integral part of uh, NXT. Yeah, we get Sofia Cortez versus Paige. Uh, we'll get we'll get to something I have. Some, I want to talk about the about Paige here, but um, they put over Paige starting to wrestle when she was thirteen. So Sofia Cortez is looking like she's trying to rip off LAX out here. By the way, oh so. Sophia Cortez is Ivelisse, uh, mm-hmm. most notably known from uh, Lucha Underground and Tough Enough fame. We had talked about her on the last episode. I'm going to give you a re- really quick breakdown because she does not last long in WWE. She began a wrestling career at the age of 15 in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Soon after, she debuted for the World Wrestling Council. Fuck you, um, Carlos Colon, you piece of shit, for getting um, mm-hmm. Bruiser Brody killed. So let's get that out of the way. Uh, in March 2011, she was announced as one of the 14 contestants for the revival season of Tough Enough. She was eliminated from the competition due to an injury. Mm-hmm. After being cut from Tough Enough on November 11, 2011, she signed a contract with WWE and made her debut under the name Sofia Cortez in FCW. She would be released in August of 2012. So this is July. So she would be released within about a month. Uh, during a 2015 uh, May 2015 podcast with Vince Russo, she alluded that her reporting the misconduct of the Performance Center uh, head trainer Bill DeMott uh, to WWE management was likely the reason she was fired, and she said she was one of the first people to report the misconduct. Uh, that she became a big a, that became a big deal later on. Yeah, she's actually a hell of a wrestler. She's having a good match here with Paige, which Paige was phenomenal too. But she's I was just going to throw this out. She's had controversy everywhere she goes. Yeah, she she. I mean, I, I make a uh, in my notes not here, to make light of she, anything she said. She said. has a, a jawline similar to um, Tessa Blanchard, yes. and I feel like they both kind of have that that stink on them that wherever they go, there's some kind of controversy. Drama. Which we're, we're about to get to more. So she would have some stints in TNA, Shine and Shimmer, uh, and she would get her most exposure working in Lucha Underground, uh, starting in November of 2014. In April of 2015, herself and Helico and Son of Havoc, also known as NGW champion Matt Cross, uh, were the inaugural Lucha Underground Trios champions. Uh, great little tag team, actually. Mm-hmm. Give them some credit. In uh, 2019, she would pop up in AEW working uh, with the, the women's casino battle royale at All Out. Uh, her and Diamante would go on to win the women's tag tournament in uh, August of 2020. On September 11th, Dynamite, she lost a title match against NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa. Uh, then in 
Uh, April of 2021, she announced that she had been released due to a misunderstanding backstage with Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Which Thunder Rosa is another one that uh, uh, controversy. Oh, I want to get out of her. my way. I do not. I am not a fan of Thunder Rosa. She likes to spread misinformation on social media, and I'm just not a fan. So but I want to get that out of the way. That's what I'm saying. Like drama seems to follow Both her as well. But like, I just remember every time something happened with her, it was like some huge, huge blow up where it was never her fault. On her end, it was always a misunderstanding. Well, she just beat Paige, which great Paige, match. Yeah, I know I was going through this retrospective because she doesn't last long. But she, they had a great little match here. Paige oversells a little bit oh, here yeah. at the end. Um, but I want to talk to you about this. They had, I, they had good. Judging by that, they had high hopes for her. Oh yeah. So here's what I want to talk to you about. Uh, Athena, aka Ember Moon, had mentioned that the the women's revolution started with Paige and Emma. Do you agree? I do agree with that. Um, it's also weird to see Seth Rollins and Camacho coming out up cold here after they build up Seth Rollins' debut. But um, I do because, I mean, that's like the first women's match, and we get it here coming up in NXT that really got praise again after the whole um, era of Lita and Trish, which isn't discount this, you know. It's not discrediting whoever, like you know. Beth Phoenix Natalia. And, and Natalia and all them. But like they weren't really given a whole lot of time. It was more of the the Bella Twins era where you got three minute matches and they wanted to see Kelly Kelly do extreme expose and things like that. That was like one of the first matches where the women had 15, 18 minutes. That's what it feels like they had. And they got to wrestle. They've got to have a good match. They got to tell a story. That tournament meant something. I feel like they try to say the Bella mm. Twins. I feel like the Bella Twins do get some heat, but I do feel like they are there to bridge the gap of mm. what we had. So I, I do feel like they get some credit. I do agree, though. I do believe Paige and Emma were very influential, and then all of a sudden the Horsewomen as well, moving that into the forefront. Well, and the the reason they don't get talked about as much is Emma got released. There was, you know, she. When she got to the main roster, she was she had a lot of injuries. There was some drama with the whole Emelina character. And then, of course, Paige was super influential. But then she ran into all of her problems and drama and the Del Rio stuff. And, and I think they kind of just, <coughs> when they want to speak about stuff, they rather speak about somebody that's not going to bring up negative connotations. And I think that's why both of those people kind of get left to the wayside. Instead of anything, because WWE is always going to be a revisionist of whatever history they want to tell, because it's whatever's going to make them look the best, which is the company. So a company's yeah. going to do what a company's going to do. But like this is weird. This is where I was talking about on the last episode how things feel chopped up because this is feel this just feels cold. Like yeah, Seth Rollins. We're getting Seth Rollins versus Camacho. Uh, Seth Rollins does come out without the shirt on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that might have been something they were told. I don't know. <laughs> Who to go just being like that, just like making fun of him and stuff there was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Who becomes Sin Cara. He does. Too. He does. So, uh, we're we'll going ahead and talk Sin about... Sin Negros or something? Sin Cara Negro. Yeah. Because he was the, the evil. Uh, we'll talk about uh, See Camacho. See that is over there? Yeah, though? Def- that's where we actually, over where we used to, where we set the time <laughs> we went been full sale. Camacho is the son of Haku. He was actually hired uh, to FCW in February of 2009. So this was three years before that. Which is weird because after all the people that get talked about legacies in NXT in these first couple of weeks, it is never mentioned that he is Haku. So I think it's because he's been doing stuff on the main roster. Yeah. That and, could be why. And is it also, you think, because they're trying to portray him as a Hispanic gimmick? Yeah. 
instead yeah. of trying to bring, bring which is wild to think about that the Tongan these the spe- these uh, Pacific Islanders are brought up as you know Hispanic Yokozuna as you know Asian Asian Japanese. Um, this is um, uh, it's kind of a I don't know. It's I don't, kind of a gray area. Yeah, I, I don't know how people would feel about it. I mean, I guess it's a little different in, in today's climate, if you will. Uh, but he's definitely wearing like he's definitely a stereotypical um, Hispanic. He's he's like he's wearing like you wife know, beaters, dickies, converse, and yeah. dickies. So I which mean, I don't think they ever call him Hispanic. I know William Regal pretty much does because he said he saved Honeyko's life in like a fight in Mexico. So he kind of kind of betrays that out, but. It's just weird. Like they could have built that. They had a legacy right there. Oh yeah, in NXT, and he he went on to do some great things. He was released in June of 2014, so two years after this, he is released, which is wild that he was around that long. It didn't seem like he really had a, a stint that long. He would join New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, in 2016 as Tongalawa, and quickly join the Bullet Club uh, with member Tamatonga, who's his brother. Yep. I said that wrong last episode. I said it was Tama Tonga. My bad. Yeah, he had, uh, adopted Tonga's face paint and together became known as the Gorillas of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would go on to win the IWGP tag title, heavyweight tag titles in April of 2016. So there's that. Bullet Club member, all that good stuff, man. He pretty good he's tag had, team. He's had, he's had a hell of a run. Pretty good tag team. Uh, give him some credit. Uh, you know, after a lot of those guys left to form AEW, it left kind of a riff for a lot of companies. Ring of Honor. Uh, uh, definitely, you know, New Japan. I can I can also say with with AEW happening, the independent market has also been really difficult from a, a booking standpoint. From with you know with NGW, you know the wrestling show we are I'm involved with. It, it's gotten more difficult yeah. because of that. And he actually Rollins gives Camacho a lot in this match. Oh yeah, he makes him look like a beast, pretty, like a beast, dominant. I mean, he just, I mean, which is it's different time. Like when you got to look at it as. Seth Rollins here is the NXT guy. Camacho is the, the main guy. is the main roster WWE guy. So he may not be doing much on SmackDown, but he down here he's the star technically. Yeah, this we talked about. You know, his last match he had on the last episode that he didn't really have a whole lot of chance going on. Like it, the crowd just wasn't really behind him. But this episode they are they are behind him a little bit more. I, I don't know. I just think that he. Uh, he looks great. He has a great look. I feel like he is definitely a lot bigger now, uh, size wise. Here comes that move he used to do. He didn't really do well. I thought he was about to do it. Oh, he, he punches his red, yeah, yeah, and, and his he hits him with the key. Yeah, he's about to do it. Got, Here it is. Yep. Got got Bork Laser down there with the uh, spinner title, which NXT would destroy Boom. that guy now, or old NXT crowd would destroy that guy. I do think it's pretty cool though that they did take a guy like Tyler Black, and he came in with the gimmick that's still pretty much Tyler Black, and the shield the shield thing happens, and definitely. I think made it was probably the best thing that ever happened to Seth Rollins and Roman as uh, well. Um, I mean, you could always with Moxley as well, but um, you might not admit it now, but it was this gimmick would not get over on the roster at that time period. They he would have been no. a mid he would have been a mid card guy at best. He would have he would have been a mid card <laughs> guy or lower mid card and been jobbing out. He'd have been in the Hunico spot. Yep. I mean, and that's not being disrespectful to Hunico, but his Ooh. gimmick didn't get over. Like the most thing I remember about their gimmick is they rode out on a bicycle. Very stereotypical yep. Hispanic thing. bicycle. And also <laughs> still see JR over there in the background messing with his headset that we've talked about this entire taping. Oh. Typical uh, hit your partner thing. Oh, here we go. Which leads to the blackout. 
That Actually, one looked that one great. Was on the head. That one looked great. He sold it amazing too. Seth Rollins with the victory. Of course, man. They're building him. Building him. He's been a bright spot so far. That first match, I feel like it was too short. This match made him... It, he's a baby face. He needs to get the sympathy to, to get the, the hot comeback and win the match. They do a beat down here where he starts getting beat down by Hunico and Camacho. And uh, we get some uh, people to save him. People to save him. Oh, my Lord. Who's going to save him? Who's going <laughs> to save Seth? Who's going to save who's him? Gonna, I got my spender belt. Who's it going to be? I got my World Heavyweight title back there. It's going to be who's Brock. Be? Is Brock coming back? Gonna be? Oh, my God. It's Bo Dallas. <laughs> his, his smile ran him off. His smile ran them off. God, the, I don't know what that was supposed to be on his tights. They looked like teeth. I think it's like, supposed to be teeth. Because uh, his brother's the eater of worlds. So is he the eater of hips? Like yes, I don't He's understand. the eater of butt cheeks. Uh, well, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, actually, good for you, buddy. Good you, for you. you and, if you know, you know. Yeah. Hashtag good, live good job. Good job, guys. You and your Oh, weird. did you know? Actually, did you know? Did you know? Oh, over 40 new fans on Facebook every day. I wonder what 40, it is. 40,000 new fans. Sorry, 40,000. We get... 40 in a week, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> 40 in a week. Oh, man. Uh, Corey Graves, the <clears throat> debut of Corey Graves and Jake Carter here. Which they his, never his gave theme them music a, was actually kind of cool. They never gave them a tag name. Corey Graves looks cool. I like. I have on my notes here that they do not look like they would be matched well together. No. He, but see, there's the Miz look right there. Yeah, you he see also, we, I don't know if it's just a jacket, but I get like a... Um, Orange Cassidy vibe from him as well. Yeah. Just the kind of the attitude. He even kind of looks like Orange Cassidy. I I know you said that you like the music. I think this is one of the worst entrance music ever. It's so bad. Uh, it sounds better than like half the generic stuff I got. I looked up that Nick Rogers guy. I also looked up Nick Rogers. <laughs> he didn't laugh long either. JR mentions that Jake Carter is the son of Vader, which is wild. See, like you, everybody here is second generation like that. They talk about except for like Camacho. It's weird. But then, like, you got a different ring announcer here. Crowd's different. Corey Graves with that Fucking much hair. Great. He looks weird with the hair when he starts shaving it down. He looks awesome, though. JR, look at his look. Look at his look. JR with the, huh, a lot of illustrations on him. Oh, shut, <laughs> Commentary shut here. Shut up. I swear to God, I will JR. say, though, he did look like he went and got those sh- short uh, pants airbrushed to, like, a Gatlinburg t-shirt shop. <laughs> and he bought them at Whoa, Hot Topic. Yeah. He's got well, the he's well, got the stereotypical I, I, riveted belt. I can't remember his 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 name it was Sterling something, right? I can't remember ah, his name. Man, you put me on the spot here. It's, it's, it's Sterling J- something. He has at it's Jake Carter on his tights. It's weird to see that though because Twitter wasn't huge back then. No, it, it was very small. A lot of these wrestlers knew what they were doing. They had a blind tag there. That, he's got the uh, Steve Austin uh, um, uh, knee brace on, but I do, I do like that it's uh, it's it's Jake Carter time. Because he was going off his dad's stuff, which is kind of cool to see. I see um, with the watches, yeah. Yep. The only thing is, like, I feel like if he would have wore a pair of pants similar to Corey's, I think they would have looked suited better as a tag team. They were FCW tag champions before this. I think they were just kind of thrown together. I mean, they look like a thrown together team here. They do not look... But they keep talking about how they're partiers. They go out and party. Byron Saxton hangs out with them. Never stuff <laughs> No, you like don't, that. Byron. You liar. <laughs> his, his ring name was Sterling James Keenan. That's it. That is so, it. Yeah, that's it. His brother is very, very successful in uh, Mexico. Really? Yeah, he, he was like had the Trump gimmick in Mexico and was getting like booed out of the. Oh, that was him! I didn't realize that. That's that's wild. That's him. Uh, Nick Rogers looks like a less toned version of Magnus, aka Nick Aldis. He has a huge nose. 
I'm just gonna say that. Right Nick, there. If they, when they show him again here shortly, you'll look at him. You'll you you'll see Nick Nick Alvis. That's what I see. Yeah, he's got like the masterpiece tights. Yes, on I was reason. just about to say the same thing. He looks like, like Chris Adonis. But but like C.J. Parker here has not got the hippie gimmick yet. Um, freaking future new IWGP United States Champion, which you I would never have thought no. that about him. Back good for him game. though, and he's also. Uh, Who's he with now? I cannot remember. He's with the Bullet Club. No, um, who is he? He's um, oh, he's Tony Storm. Tony Storm. That's it, good buddy. Yeah. Good for you. You know what else is really? You know who I thought would have been the biggest star out of this whole group, besides Corey Graves, would have been Jake Carter. Yeah, I feel I, like he had the look to be a star, but I think he just looked too much like the Miz, and then he like vanishes from wrestling too. Like he doesn't really stick around. He comes in and ducks his dad, and he still looked. He still looked in shape. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of their finisher. We get the uh, Graves and Carter. <laughs> I wish I knew what he said to Nick Nick Rogers right there because he's like he's laughing in his face while he's backing out. Look at that! He looks like a million bucks, man. He looks great. I'm a fan of the Dude. the the acid wash jeans and everything. And when he got his concussion, the last concussion he got, he felt like he was about to be in the world title, the NXT championship. Oh, he picture. was. I he mean, was, and then he got the concussion. Because wasn't he feuding with? Uh, he was feuding with Neville, was he not? He was going to be in the Fatal Four Way match. I almost guarantee it. And then uh, he kind of got replaced because he got hurt. But that's the way it felt to me. Big thing with Jake Carter is his dad had so much uh, charisma. He has none. That's yeah. that's the thing he I had the I'm cute or I'm a cute dude look or whatever. I don't know. Like he is laughing at him. You say <laughs> I can almost see his balls there because his tights weren't tight enough around his legs. Yeah, you were talking like I, I couldn't really find a whole lot of Nick Rogers. I had that he signed with FCW in 2011. He made two appearances on NXT TV, losing both times. And in November 2012, he was released. So well, there's Byron. Jared looks great there, though. His face, yeah, I mean... Got, he got his beard dyed, looking good. And here's a Cassius Ono video. Knockout you. artist KO King. He had this almost deranged Mick Foley look in some of this video, though. I think it was the beard. Oh, yeah. But, like... Oh, there's Xavier Woods getting beat down there. I remember... So, there was a time, guys... And you may not remember this, folks, but there was a time before Community Creations was a thing, and you had to make all of your own characters. Uh, I had I made Cassius Ono from the ground up, looking up uh, on Smack Talks, having pretty much the formula how to make him, yep. and also Cesaro around the same time. And I actually had them as a tag team. I want to say it was SmackDown versus Raw, like 2011, yeah. 20, 20, or SmackDown twelve. I can't remember which one it was. But. Yeah, you used to have to go in there and get every little detail from that, and then you went and typed it in. Like, this is a little right. Oh. Crap, did it yeah, on. I remember I went and uh, Seamus first showed up. I had to do that as well because they did not have community creation. You're running low on faith. You got to stop in and fill up. That's another badass Bray Wyatt promo here. Oh, man. It is fantastic. It's been, I'm telling you, it's been a highlight of the episodes. I know we didn't talk about it last, our last episode that we did, that is it being like kind of the next, like the breakout star. Bray Wyatt, he's at, he hasn't even had a match yet, and he's already up there. See that? There's a girl here. Is that supposed to be that, Sister Abigail? Yeah, because like she's in a lot of these videos. You never see her face. It's Luke Harper's Luke Harper though. And they've kind of, I was gonna say, they kind of keep focusing on Luke Harper the most. I still don't know who the other guys are. They don't really kind of show or anything like that. See, like the girls lay on the branch back there, but on the previous video, she's standing outside the circle. Like watching Bray, See, and there's a part here where he, you know, he. This is the, one of the first times where he goes run, and the mm. promo ends, and we get a woman laughing. I'm like, in retrospect, could that have been Sister Abigail? Because I know mm. when they originally started this, there was going to be a woman in the group. I don't mm. know specifically who it was going to be, but 
You see where I almost said that guy looks like Michael McGillicuddy sitting in the white yeah. tank top, but you because you never see his face and his backs to it, kind of thing. But see, there's a girl in the background there, like all Run. the time. Right here it is. Yeah, he's about to. What would you tell him to do? And he's like, run. And then the laugh. Here get, it is, and we get him next week, man. I'm really excited to see. This is going to be some cool character development where we get to watch, and I'm I'm really excited about it. He makes you forget that he was ever Husky Harris, because like I never think about that anymore. Oh, exactly. Here he comes. Let's see. Here's his generic getting ready for the NXT show video on everything. But Jr. puts him over huge as like a man that wants to hurt you. He doesn't care about winning. He wants to knock you out. Like, and he just he looks deranged, and I just. Don't know where the wheels fell off for him in NXT. Yeah, so he looks like a fucking beast. Uh, and it's hard to imagine we get Cassius Ono here with Mike Dalton. It's hard to imagine Mike Dalton would actually have a better run than him. Yeah, because he he's here not once but twice. One time he's in shape like a champ right here. And then the other time they let him come back, it's pretty much Fat Chris Hero. No offense, but like it's the only way to really describe him. So... <clears throat> here's here's the thing about that. But we, he's his own in the next time too. His his weight issue. So I I tried to look up specifically what was the cause of it because I didn't know if he had like a medical issue or there was something else wrong. Um, he talked about his weight gain from uh, an Ask Me Anything post on Reddit, and this was in 2019. So this is right like around the time he got re-signed and came back. He mm-hmm. goes, "This is what he said." It was actually hard to gain any weight at the performance center because of how much we worked out, how much we trained, and how often we had shows. Ask some of the guys about the training schedule at the PC in summer of 2013. I've definitely put on weight. My weight has my weight was a slow incline for the first nine to ten months I was back. I threw my back out last summer. Brutal back spasms, muscular, nothing spinal or disc related. This took a long time to rehabilitate from. I only took off one booking. I only took one booking off, excuse me, and maintained a full schedule of tennis shows a month. Should I have taken a few extra bookings off? Debatable. I was tipping the scales at 260 at one point. I'm now fluctuating around 235 to 245 with a small goal of losing another 20 pounds. I actually had some blood work done. I was aware of a mild thyroid issue from late 2011, but my TSH came back this time at 9.23. My doctor wrote wow on my charts. So a lot of this is being going to injuries and him having a thyroid issue where it's been very hard for him to keep weight off because he looks like a completely different person here than what we saw in 2019. Oh, he's in a completely different person here from his run and like the early or like the mid two thousands in when he Ring wore of the, Honor, yeah, the sweat pit, the, like the pants and the hero he wore shirt. the hero shirts that look like a, a Superman symbol. Like he was in phenomenal shape here. Like he was a he was a heel that I thought him and Rollins were going to have like a huge thing, and they just and he was supposed to be in the freaking shield. Yeah, he was supposed to be Roman's spot. See, now it makes me wonder. So. Uh, in hindsight, twenty twenty, and this is just me spitballing. This isn't anything truth or anything like mm-hmm. that. Do you think Triple H, because he kind of had the final say, so do you think he might have saw something in him that he just said maybe he just lacks discipline, he lacks direction? Do you think it might have been something along the lines of that? There's a lot of things I've read, and you can't read everything you believe on the internet. Thanks, Dave Meltzer. Um, but Fuck um, you, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like I've always heard that he has this mindset that he's he's like the connoisseur of wrestling that he almost kind of knows better than the people te- teaching him and and that can rub people the wrong way like i mean sammy zane has been accused of that yeah. too 
But like he has those things like where he would dissect wrestling or whatever with Chris Hero. Like he had the interviews that he sold yeah. on high spots. And I almost think that might have rubbed people the wrong way. And maybe Triple H looked at it and said, he's not going to work with Vince in this. Oh, yeah. You know, Roman's going to be able to be molded. Cassius Ono's not going to be able to be molded. Yeah. Because he's not going to listen. I, I agree with that. We missed Tyler Breeze actually hit the um, uh, the, the beauty shot. He hit the, the, the spinning heel kick. Good he does, match. He does, yeah, great match. He does get some KO chance. Um, it's hard to argue that KO was going to be a big star the way he looks here. He looks fantastic. Uh, Cassius Ono knocks people out, and when they hear Cassius coming, they yell. Oh, no, which was I thought that was kind of lame at the end. Of way, the way he said it, I mean, but, like, the whole he knocks people out was cool. But, like, that, I didn't feel it resonated with anybody. But, see, I get Mick Foley vibes with the way he looks right there. Yeah, it's the beard. I think it's, it's the beard and just the, the hair. Beard. But he looks, look at him, how graceful he is. I he, It's hard to argue, man. He looks like he's going to be a fucking huge star. Yep. I mean, granted, he. I mean, he was. I mean, Kings of Wrestling. He goes, you know, Ring of Honor. He, he was. He was a big star. Really, but. he has the feud with William Regal, too. That is really good. Yes. And then that, that kind of doesn't lead to anything. But like that was somebody Regal wanted to work with. Here we come, main eventer from last week, Jarrett Bateman, which is why I say this show has been chopped because like I don't feel like they were. Why would you have the guy that was in your main event last week come out and? Work the mid card. Work the mid card, and spoiler alert: he's going to job. He's going to job to Jinder Mahal once again, guys. This is going to be another long match from Jinder Mahal. I am just not a fan. I think he's very basic and boring in the ring. Um, everything I was saying about Derek Bateman last week, uh, I feel the same way. So you're putting two very boring in- individuals into and, the and ring not together. People that really want to be seen by this crowd in NXT, um, either. So, I mean, and I feel like why. It's the early days, so I guess you're trying to get over who your stars are going to be. But like, I feel like why have these people in back-to-back matches, and on, and on top of that, not hype them. Like the only thing they hyped last week was the debut of Cassius Ono. So it's kind of like they were still figuring out who was going to be on the shows the next coming week. Yeah, it is kind of weird. I mean, I know, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I, I still feel like the hair thing. We know we mentioned it last week. His hair does not do him any favors. Uh, Jinder Mahal, same thing. He, he's in great shape, but he's just like, if you look at Derek Bateman and look at Jinder Mahal, Derek Bateman looks fucking fantastic, yeah. look-wise. And, and Bateman had charisma. I just don't think it resonated with people, the crowd. I mean, he just kind of was like that jockey white guy that could be funny. And it makes you wonder too, because like his height, he's a little bit shorter than gender. If that might have been a detriment to his, his, his success as well, I really just feel like it's the hair. I think I don't know if he was just committed or what. I think I, his his like his tights almost look like the writing from The Simpsons. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe that people just didn't take him seriously enough. Because you said it last week, and it's the same thing. He ne- doesn't. Neither one of these guys do anything in the ring that super wows me. At this I mean, point. like Cassius Ono came out there and he cut like a he cut a promo, and he, they put him off as kind of a, a heel. Nice uh, tope suicida. First one we've seen, by the way. Yeah, and he looks like he injures his knees. They, they play that off in the match, which when I first watched this, I thought he actually did. Well, see, and that's where I also go back to it. Was this match supposed to be shown before him and Curtis? 
because Curtis works over the knee in his match in the question. main event. Um, and like, I just, I don't know. Like it, there's it, the way this was laid out. If you, if you watch these back to back, it just feels weird. Jinder went to go grab the leg and he realized he grabbed the wrong leg. So he couldn't sell it. So he does this little slingshot, decent little spot. Ooh. It looks like it fucking hurts. Yeah, that like whiplash from hell. I think even JR says, calls it some kind of whiplash maneuver. Yeah, I, I know I've said it, but I have in my notes. Gender is by far the most boring part of this NXT experience. Yeah, and he's just the generic heel they're bringing in to lose, essentially. He's doing the exact same moves in the exact same order as he did last week. It's just not anything good. It's just... Which, which is also a detriment for us watching stuff so close together, I think, is we remember it. If you're watching it in real time back in the day, you have a lot of stuff go on between show to show. Oh, yeah. Now you can sit down and watch this stuff back to back and see, oh, well, he's doing the exact same sequence of moves and stuff. And then you can see the wrestlers over here watching the match from the corner. I didn't see that. Yep. On the side. See them? Oh, I see them. Back over there now. Like, that's not the audience. They're they're probably getting out of the shot. The master of the small package. Where's where's Daniel Bryan when you need him? (laughs) Remember when Daniel Bryan was talking about bears on the Saturday morning slam? Oh, God. I I looked that up after we talked about it that one time. God, I love Daniel Bryan. He's a, it's about bears. He, I don't. Here's something else, guys. This is General Hall match. Whatever. Go back and watch the old uh, JBL and Cole shows, and Daniel Bryan is the highlight of that. He like is he has he's trying to find a bear, and it ends up being Hornswoggle in a little bear suit, <laughs> and like he enlists William Regal to help him. Like it's just awesome. It's better than any Jinder Mahal match. Just saying. Yeah, they they, they kind of fumbled there. He was he was getting his babyface comeback. That was they, a, that was a nice neck breaker though from Bateman. Oh yeah, but they kind of fumbled his comeback a little bit. Like they were not in the right spot. So it was just kind of weird. I didn't really. I don't know. For me, I feel like this is just too long of a match. Like it, if you're gonna have a competitive match, and the I crowd's get it. not behind Bateman. No. because they don't. Care. He's not done anything to get him behind. Like he's not done anything. He's going for his finish. He's, uh, he's not selling the knee. Not selling the knee, like gender doing that didn't really make sense to me. Like he crawled over to the rope, holding on, like, and now now Bateman's doing the hill thing, stomping him. It's just NXT is trying to figure itself out, and these guys are still trying to figure themselves. Yep. Another high knee to the back. Thank God this match is almost over. Harley he, race like high knee. He's gonna. Oh, God. All he needs to do is stomp on his back so he raises up a little bit to just get the full effect. Camel clutch, which Derek Bateman is so jacked, and Jinder Mahal's legs are... He's very linky, but he's very skinny in the legs. God, it looks like he's killing him, to be honest with you. God. Thank God that's over. God, he is. he has been the worst part of this. And, you know, we, we look back with you know on NXT with, with rose-colored lenses, and this this has been fucking garbage. I am not a fan of Jinder Mahal. I, I said when we first started this, it's just like any wrestling you go back and watch. You only remember the good. Attitude error. And you do not remember the junk. And Jinder Mahal in NXT is the junk. Just like we always look back on 1995 on Wrestling Ruin is bad. But there's actually been a lot of good in it. Now, granted, we're getting to some worse with King Mabel. But the attitude error is a key thing. And you'll look back on people look back on AEW in five years and be like, "What the hell was some of this stuff?" Like some of that original Dark Order shit. Yep. Main event tonight, guys: Seth, see, Seth Rollins, Bo Dallas, and Tyson Kidd versus Michael McGillicuddy. See, but they throw they throw this together, and like, I mean, besides McGillicuddy and Tyson having a 
match on the first NXT. Why are they in this match? Yeah, it should have just been a normal tag match between Bo and Seth. The picture they used for Seth Rollins is ridiculous. Because next week, if you watch the episode, McGillicuddy actually interferes in a Tyson Kidd match would have made sense to set this up instead of now, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just let things play, people. And I just was working today and just let the third one play into the fourth one and just watched. So, I kind of got that. Oh, CM Punk hitting the uh, elbow at the WrestleMania wasn't the main event of. I remember they used to, on these, they used to show Mick Foley flying off the cell. Um, they talked about um, Austin talking about how many knee surgeries and neck surgeries they had. Edge. I still got up. I still, yeah. You're right. <laughs> Please do not try this at home, Travis. I dropped on my head, but I still got up. I oh, love man. Austin. We got Regal and Chris, Chris Russo back on commentary for this match. Which makes it another thing. Makes it feel weird. But yeah. Fuck Chris Russo. There's always, like, we all have somebody we hate while we watch these things. Brandon hates Todd Pettengill. We all hate Dave Meltzer. On on uh, NXT, The Next Evolution, I'm going to hate Chris Russo hey, until he's gone. Mine's going to be gender. And there's Summer Rae as and your then, announcer instead of the other girl. Tyson Kidd looks fu- fucking fantastic here. Seth Rollins like, move, bitch. I like Summer Rae. I, I don't know. She wasn't a good worker, but she, I feel like she was a great valet. Yeah. She was a good she, with, yeah, she, she was good with Fondango. The whole her and what's this the whole Rusev angle was weird that time. That's nobody's fault but the fucking writing. That's yeah. they can't blame the performers on that one. But see, and then you come out and these guys are now wearing different stuff than they were wearing earlier when they were in that match. Yeah, because um They had uh he was wearing Camacho a black Camacho was wearing a black uh wife beater and, and now he was wearing a white one yeah. with a design. I mean, it just feels a little out of place and like Chris Russo is sitting in the middle between Regal and JR, which is a slap in the face to those two legends. I have a douchebag like Chris Russo. I hope you listen to our podcast, Chris Russo, (laughs) calling yourself the voice of NXT. Get out of here. You suck. (laughs) This is going to say it. You suck, man. Hudico would go on to play Sin Cara after Sin Cara was popped with a wellness violation. Of course. And, um, I'm sure he wasn't doing cocaine. And shortly, uh, I believe the the injury, the, the way they wrote him off TV was actually at Money in the Bank 2011. Uh, Sheamus put him through, through the uh, ladder because he had popped the violation, but has already been promoted for the match. So they um, they did the angle where he got um, powerbombed through the fucking ladder and he was out. And then it, uh, another Sin Cara was there, which was um, Hunico. <laughs> Man. That was so... T- his Mystico's run as Sin Cara is just god-awful. It is so bad. The the, the fact that you have... Um, and that is his fault because the WWE put the promotional machine behind that man. They made masks. He had action figures he didn't deserve. He was on, like, folders they and were, lunchboxes. They were trying to make him the new Rey Mysterio. And the work quality, the work quality was there. I mean, he would botch a few things, but with Luchador wrestling, it, that's something that people don't acknowledge enough. With Luchador wrestling, it's such a fast-paced uh, match style that botching is is prone to happen because of that. Yeah, and the thing is, though, well, Rey Mysterio could go in there and have a match with a John Cena or a Triple H or an Undertaker, and it felt like he could. 
pull that off. I never felt like Sin Cara could. I think that could be, though, Rey Mysterio was more used to that WWE style for being there as long as he had. Yeah. Well, I mean, he came in from WCW and was able to do it. Well, same. Well, I mean, even at that yeah. extent. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Willie, smile. Please, oh, please smile, Bob. Got in here with his fucking eater world. I, I do like his boots. They're very reminiscent of... Um, uh, Barry Wyndham boots. Barry, yes. That's the first thing I thought of, too. Barry Wyndham's uh, But man. the thing is, you know, they would do that whole angle where there was two Sin Caras. There was a Sin Cara Azul, Sin Cara Negro. And he, they took the mask off. They gave him this gimmick. He kept it for a while. And then Sin Cara, I remember he, the thing I remember the most is he had a match with Del Rio. And he did a dive to the outside. And during that dive, he caught his finger on the rope and like dislocated his finger and made them call the match for a dislocated finger. Yeah, throw the X up for the match, yeah. And if you look at Del Rio, Del Rio is fucking pissed. Yeah. And he got heat after that. And shortly after, they, they kind of released him silently and then put uh, Hunico back under the mask. However, the only thing with Hunico is he had a huge, he had a huge fucking tattoo on his arm by then. So. He went over to his chest. My thing with him, too, was is... Man, he, he had it. He had it. Like, but I've never felt like when the WWE ever does a thing where you wrestle under colored lights, yeah, it works. The only person it ever really worked for was Kane when, when he Kane, first showed up. Kane first started. If it, it just was different, and it, it went with the character. With Sin Cara, it was just let's give him mood lighting for mood lighting's sake, and it it worked somewhat for the Fiend until they put him in Hell in a Cell and no one could see yeah. anything. But, like, then they eventually got rid of that. But whenever they tried to make somebody wrestle in a different color lighting to make them feel special, it just felt annoying. It doesn't work. I feel like like it impairs your view of what's going on. The fans are going to give a shit because they can't see what the fuck's going on. No. And, the, like I said, when it was Kane, it was something they had never done before. It it fit with the mysteriousness of Kane. Oh, they fuck up Bo Dallas's hot tag yep. here. It looked, it looked really bad. But like, and I think uh, if I'm not badly fooled here, Camacho actually has wrestling boots on instead of no, he might have white white uh, converses on solid white white converses. Ah, yeah, uh, they look almost like wrestling boot. shoes. No, they're converse. Uh, they're converse. Yeah, that can't be easy to wrestle in. No. Well, AJ did. AJ Lee did it for a while. Oh, that spot God, he threw him right in the corner. That was a good way Regal, to knock yourself out. Regal even said that that's the a vicious way to. To slow someone down is with a bottom turnbuckle. So, oh man, he he whipped his head very close to what happened to Enzo when he got knocked out. I miss William Regal on commentary. Like I didn't realize I did until I started watching these episodes. But he is he he doesn't pull for a bad guy. He doesn't pull for a good guy. He's just really good at explaining why people are doing things. And to somebody that's you know just getting into watching wrestling, like that wouldn't be very beneficial to be like, okay, now I understand why he's doing this or doing that. And him and him and JR are good, but Chris Russo, you just take a fucking hike, kid. <laughs> I wonder, like you were saying with the whole taping issues here, like where they, they filmed certain things in weird orders. So see, you see JR sitting there with his, he's got his hand on the headset. The headset. I don't know what the deal is with it, but the crowd really wasn't too into this. The whole match is kind of built up for Tyson to get the hot tag. I almost feel like you would have had a better match with just Camacho and Hunico versus uh, Bo, Dallas, and Seth Rollins. Yeah, and I'm just going to tell you guys, if you, you want to watch this on mute, I completely understand because Chris Russo is trying to get his uh, <laughs> stupid puns in there and JR and William Real kept cutting him off and it was great. 
And then like he makes this quip about, yep, finally got that one in there. And Regal's like, it'd be best to just be quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hilarious. So just for you to have on your Twitter page that you are the voice of NXT makes me laugh. And this is a this is a solid little match here. Hunico, of course, we'll see him later on when he'll actually come back as uh, Kalisto's tag partner as yep. the Lucha, Lucha Dragons, Dragons, who were one of the first teams to to really kind of get over along with the Ascension. And they're the ones that actually take the tag titles off them. I feel like they rushed them to the main roster a little too quick. If they stayed in NXT another three, four months. Because when they first got to the main roster, they were kind of a popcorn fart. Yeah. Like Kalisto. Well, the pro- problem wasn't Kalisto. The problem was they've already had their fill of fucking Sankara. If they'd have kept giving him a little bit of a break, I think it would have been okay. They uh, busted Bo Dallas's lip open here. He's bleeding out the mouth. Oh, man. This, uh... I don't know, some, some of this, like, you can kind of feel like the reason they sent these guys back down to NXT, because I feel like... With Polish the, them. With the exception of uh, Tyson, Tyson Kidd yeah. and Michael McGillicuddy, like, they had a very clean match on the first episode we covered. Yeah. You can just tell, like, they're they're still kind of... Not, not learning, not the word, I guess. It's just, just fine-tuning. Fine-tuning, because, like, the, the whole mess-up with Bo and stuff, I mean, and that should have... You know, they've worked, these guys have all worked together in FCW too. So, I mean, some of that stuff should have been figured out by this point. But for a little six man tag, this is actually pretty good. But like you said, it's building towards the hot tag to Tyson Kidd. And I feel like I just, I'm just not behind. I was never behind Hunico and Camacho on the main roster. And I just can't get behind them here in NXT. They feel like a cheap LAX ripoff. I just think that it's, you, and I'm not normally one to be like the cancel culture and stuff, yeah. but I feel like it's just so blatantly like disrespectful to like well, it's Hispanic an, culture. It's kind of eighties, yeah. It, and I don't, I don't, just don't, I don't, I don't like it. The whole lowrider bikes. I guess they're just trying to get you know with the whole uh, you know gimmick no. with it. I don't get it. But they finally get the hot tag here to Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd, the man, fucking rolling through. Looking like a damn star, as he should. You can tell the people that love love wrestling, and you can tell the people that are just there for a paycheck. And Tyson Kidd loves it. Yes, like well, I mean, producing. He's and a, you can tell how he cares about the people he produces, stuff like that. Their matches are always noticeable. He's married to Natalia, but I mean, they are. It looks like he may have injured his knee there. Um, they are. Uh, he's, Her name's ba- Mal Camacho. He's, he's basically a heart. I mean, he mm-hmm. he grew up as a heart. Nope. Look at that. Boom. They, they protected he's, his ass. He's even in the ring at uh, Calgary Stampede. Yes, he is with, uh, with, the, with Harry and he's Natalia. One of, he's one of one of the Hart's kids. Is one of his best friends. I think it's the one that passes away. Yeah. Matt or something. Was it? I'd have to go back and look that up. But he was best friends with one of the Hart kids. And then well, that's how he met And Natalia. then here's the thing here, too. I'm like... They've been together that long. Look at all oh, oh, took him out. Chop block. Thank God it wasn't a spear. Great, great, great little finish here. But... It makes sense. They're holding them. Can't make the save. Good good little match. Perfectly I, I, executed. I see what you did there. Yeah, I, like, I like your puns Mr. for Mr. Joe mm-hmm. Henning. So, fun story, guys. Something we, Chris Russo would have done, you I piece get, of shit. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. The first time I met Travis, we were... Uh, I don't think we ever actually talked about this, but you worked at Levi's. I worked at um, another store a couple, down, a couple stores down. I had just broke up with my ex... We were together for three years. We worked together. I needed a new job. Our buddy Ray um, worked at Levi's, and I he got me hired on. And when I first met you, I said that you looked like 
Michael McGillicuddy. And then we found out that you were a Texans fan and I was a Colts fan. And of course, I think it was like the first time the Texans had beaten the Colts in forever. Mm-hmm. And you were like, motherfuck yeah! And, and then... Um, we went. To, we went to go hang out with Ray. Ray was unavailable, um, and you, you and me end up talking wrestling. I went back to your apartment and I blew you. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. He almost did when I opened up my closet and showed him the plethora of old wrestling uh, it, tapes it, it and DVDs was, on top of the closet. As a wrestling fan, whenever I would find wrestling blue or DVDs at the time, I would collect. You know, because we didn't have a network and seeing Travis's tape collection i was like dude we got to watch this and travis was like you really want to watch this i'm like yeah man so we realized that we had a common bond with wrestling so uh but for the longest time i always give gave travis ship because he looked like michael mcgillicott my hair was kind of cut like that i kept it combed down had i didn't use much gel but if i did i kept it down and i still have a beard so i, I did look like michael mcgillicott i wasn't as skinny as he was but you know <laughs> so that was the end yeah. of episode three guys travis match of the night I'm going to give it to the six-man tag. I felt like, especially with the hot tag and how the match ended, it was very well-placed for Kid, for Tyson Kidd and McGillicuddy. I felt like that uh, is what the show built to, too, because the whole first angle built to them having the six-man tag is the way they played it off in the episode. If that's how they taped it, I don't think so, just judging by different ring announcers and commentary teams and stuff. But uh, I'm going to go six-man tag. Yeah, I have to, uh, I have to agree. I also do like... Seth Rollins match that he does have in the first part of the show. It's definitely not Jinder Mahal and Derek Bateman. Yeah, oh God, that match is fucking, it's bad. Uh, breakout star. Whew. Man, I, I'm going to throw a curveball here. I'm going to go Bray Wyatt because he, they, they have built him up, which I just noticed on the next episode, they call him Brian Wyatt. Um, oh shit, you're right. But like his promos have built to me wanting to see Bray Wyatt debut next week. They, he's been, they've had a promo for him for three weeks. He's Everyone. the only one that has got it. And I really want to see him. And the promos have been good. They've been strange, but they're like, make me want to see this guy. And if I, if I go a wrestler, it'd be Ono. Cause he just, they built him like a star. Like he was put over by JR, everything else. But, um, I'm going to go Wyatt just because I want to see, just want to see him next week. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Cassius Ono just because. He had a strong debut. He had um, it was try- kind of cheesy, but when you see Cassie's coming, you better yell oh, no. I kind of I liked it. Uh, it's better than him having a shitty interview with Bradley Pierce. Yeah, um, I'm reaching down, grabbing, grabbing clouds from the sky, and ripping duh. up roots, and sounds like Ultimate Warrior again without the airplane and the oh. cocaine. Yeah, definitely without the without the cocaine and the Facebook. Next week's lineup, guys, this will be July 11th, 2012. Uh, like we were just saying, we can see the thumbnail for it on the Peacock app. Uh, we only get three matches, and I'm yep. really excited about it. We get Camacho versus Tyson Kidd. It's a 14-minute match. Which is, that's why I say this feels weird, because why would you not have those flip-flopped? Because Tyson Kidd put Tyson Kidd, Kidd into that. Yeah, because that would put Tyson Kidd into it, and McGillicuddy interferes in the match. So... It makes sense. It makes sense. I just feel like it's, I just feel like it's off. Uh, we do get Bray Wyatt defeating Aiden English. Sorry, which we, sorry, Brian Wyatt. Yeah, Brian Wyatt. If you uh, look on the app, what it says, and then the main event is the primetime players of Darren Young and Titus O'Neil taking on the Usos, and it's about a twelve-minute match. A forgotten tag team. I remember the primetime players because I had Abraham their damn, Wa- Abraham Washington. I had their damn shirt. What was the line Abraham Washington used? Uh, he said like Kobe in Co- Colorado. 
I need protection or something like that. And then he was fired the next day or two days later. Yeah, the thing about uh, Abraham Washington is he had a headset on the entire match, which was kind of cool. He was almost like Malcolm Bivens before Malcolm Bivens. And I think that screwed up primetime players push a little bit too because for there for a while, I was like, man, they're winning the tag titles. They're winning the tag titles. They're entertaining as hell. Titus O'Neil couldn't work a lick, but freaking Darren Young could. And I was behind him. I I mean – I bought back in the day buying a t-shirt was a big deal because they didn't run those spe- specials as much. You were no. paying $25, $26 a shirt. So had the Primetime's player shirt with the big old, uh, the pick in the top of the diamond and all that Fuck stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think I still have it somewhere, but it's faded out because the freaking WWE shirts faded like hell back in the day. Fucking cheapos. But the, uh, what was the other match you said? Oh, Bra- yeah, Bray Wyatt and Aiden English. So yes. Aiden English is jobbing again. So he does get an entrance this week, I believe. Good for him. But I've watched ahead and seen this episode. It's a it's a good episode of NXT. I'm really excited to bring it to you guys. Travis, what you got for me? Ah, just, uh, you know, I'm over on the Twitter at, uh, at Travis Leister. If you want to yell at me about my opinions and tell me Chris Russo is cool or you want to send him as send him my uh, Twitter handle. Uh, <laughs> also, you can check us out on Wrestling Ruin with our good buddy. Uh, I guess he calls himself beautiful Brandon A. Lane. Sounds like a bullshit name to me, but... You know, still trucking towards King of the Ring 95 and all that good stuff. Uh, TGL The Man 12 on the eBay selling. If you want to buy some wrestling tapes, because uh, I did start selling because they went up in value a lot and they're unedited. But uh, uh, I believe that's about enough for me. I mean, we got the toy show coming up, but that's coming up in the first week of August. So uh, I'll come back from my honeymoon and we'll be selling toys and talking talking wrestling. You're right. You're right. Uh NGW guys, we're inching closer and closer to Uncivil War 7. Um, I'm really excited to bring this show to you guys. Uh, and shortly after that, we'll be heading back to uh, Newport, Tennessee in October, heading back to the Armory, which I'm really excited about. Like Nightmare. A ho- like a homecoming? Nightmare, Nightmare on Armory Road slash homecoming, but yeah. No air conditioning? Let's go. It'll be October. We'll be, no, all right. it'll be all right. We'll be all right. I don't know the way this summer's going. Dude, you're, you're not wrong. It's just so <laughs> fucking hot. It's so fucking hot in my house right now. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, I had to turn my air off so it doesn't contaminate all the audio. And it's fucking hot in here. Uh, the things we do for you. I am sitting here naked. He is. I've made eye contact the entire time. Which like, one? What? What? No. What? What? Uh, but yeah, ch- definitely check us out at NextGenTN. Uh, find you know tickets for the Uncivil War 7 at NextGenTN.net slash tickets. Of course, this podcast, guys, Next Evolution Pod, NXT Evolution Pod on all social medias. But until next time, guys, I'm Eddie along with Travis. Uh, We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Fuck Chris Russo. Fuck that guy.